all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Storms and Natchez this afternoon, low 70s. We're in the low 50s tonight. I'm meteorologist Sally Russell. This is Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Karen Brown here with uh, surgical pathologist Dr. Allie Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens is out today. Audiologist Dr. Grace Sturdivant joins us. The topic is hearing. What was that? What'd you say? Exactly. Hearing loss is the third most common health problem in the United States. About 48 million Americans have lost some hearing. We'll talk the how, why, and what of losing your ability to hear. If you'd like to join the conversation, ask a question, make a comment, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We will be back to start the show after news from NPR here on MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Janine Herbst. A new report finds the process for nominating and confirming presidential appointments is breaking down. The study looked at financial regulators and say those positions now stay unfilled three times longer than they did before 1986. Charles Lane from member station WSHU has more. The Securities and Exchange Commission currently only has two commissioners, so they can't legally ride the same elevator together without first entering it into the federal registry, lest they break open meeting laws. That's an absurd example of a growing problem in federal government, where it now takes precedence three times longer to appoint nominees and a Senate five times longer to confirm them. Justin Chardon studied the issue for the Bipartisan Policy Center. Chardon largely points to increased partisanship in Washington. He says whether you're for or against government regulation, you still need well-qualified people to do anything. For NPR News, I'm Charles Lane in New York. The German automaker Volkswagen has pleaded guilty to conspiracy and obstruction of justice. VW's plea comes in connection with the company's cheating on diesel emissions tests. NPR Sonari Glinton reports VW has agreed to the largest fine against an automaker. Volkswagen's $4.3 billion in civil and criminal penalties are just part of the nearly $21 billion in costs that stem from the cheating scandal. That also includes a pledge to repair or buy back the vehicles. While the costs are staggering, VW has over $30 billion in cash on hand. Under the agreement, Volkswagen says it will cooperate with a continuing investigation and agree to independent monitoring over three years. Separately, six VW employees face criminal charges in the U.S while an investigation continues in Germany. Sonari Glenton, NPR News. In Washington, D.C., Native Americans and their supporters are protesting against the continued construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. Demonstrators are marching from the Army Corps of Engineer headquarters down to the White House before a rally this afternoon. NPR's Windsor Johnson is there. The march is underway right now. Protesters are making their way to the White House. They're holding up signs. They're beating drums. They're chanting. As you can hear, everybody here is really excited. 
I talked to one woman who came all the way from San Francisco. She said she's outraged over the Trump administration's decision to greenlight the construction of the final section of the Dakota Access oil pipeline in North Dakota. NPR's Windsor Johnson reporting. Energy Transfer Partners is finishing the last leg of the $3.8 billion pipeline in North Dakota. The Standing Rock Sioux and other tribes have tried to stop it, saying it threatens their sovereignty, religious rights, and water supplies. Wall Street is trading higher at this hour. The Dow is up 14 at 20,872. The Nasdaq is up 16 at 58.54. The S&P 500 is up four points at 23.69. This is NPR News from Washington. Embattled former French presidential frontrunner Francois Fillon is fighting to come back from the fake job scandal that's damaged him. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports that Fillon got an important endorsement this morning. Alain Juppé, a former prime minister and foreign minister, and once a presidential candidate himself, tweeted his support for former rival Francois Fillon. Even if just a passenger, I'm not leaving the ship during the storm, Juppé said on his Twitter account. Just this week, Juppé harshly criticized Fillon over the job scandal, saying his fellow conservative had wasted the party's lead in the polls. But Juppé also said the fate of France could not be left in the hands of the far right or a complete political newcomer. He was referring to Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron, who are currently the frontrunners in the presidential campaign. Though the first round of the two-round election is just six weeks away, this presidential race is still up in the air. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. Pope Francis will visit Colombia in September. It's the first visit to the South American country in 31 years. The Vatican's been working on a visit by Francis for more than a year, but the trip was delayed several times because the church wanted to avoid appearing to take sides in the country's debate over a peace deal with leftist rebels. The Latin American Pope will visit Bogota and three other cities. Author James Robert, uh, Robert James Waller has died. He wrote the best-selling novel Bridges of Madison County, which was turned into a movie starring Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep. His literary agency says he had been ill, but no cause of death has been released. He was 77. I'm Janine Herbst, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from Emily and Antoine Van Ochtmail, supporting new futures, which works to help low-income D.C. area youth graduate from community college or certificate programs, and become financially self-sufficient. Information is available at newfuturesdc.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women with Dr. Michelle Owens on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show women at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. And good morning, I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Allie Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens is off today. She's off and away, or I'm not sure where she is, but I know she wishes she could be here. She's conquering the world somewhere, okay, undoubtedly. Well, undoubtedly, yeah. I was going to say, what What else couldn't she be doing? <laughs> All right, so good morning. We're talking about, well, I'll let, I'll let Dr. Brown talk about our special guest today. First oh, of all, good fantastic. morning to you. Good morning. And first, I want to say hi to someone very special in the listening audience, to my dad, who I know 
has called in before to kind of talk about his battles with his current illness. He has he does have lung cancer. He's been in the hospital for quite some time. He's home this morning listening to oh, us from his house. So that's great. Love you, Dad. I want to give you a big MPB hug and shout out for being out in the audience that's today. That's great. Glad to hear that. Yeah. So um, our uh, guest today is Dr. Grace Sturdivant, who is an audiologist at UMC. At, in the otolaryngology department. So she is has been a guest it, on the show whoa, 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 before. What department is that? <laughs> That's ENT, affectionately known as ear, nose, and throat. So the ear part would be what, what Grace deals Auditory. with. Auditory. Auditory. <laughs> That's right. She's, she's really a, a fantastic person to work with. And Thank uh, you. we wanted to have her in to talk about what is, as I know you mentioned, the very common healthcare uh, concern in our country, which is hearing loss. So I think a lot of people in our audience, I was just telling Grace, I think I suffer from some high, high frequency hearing loss. The so th- we wanted it's to just have amazing. The third most common health problem in the United States. Do you know That's what right. one, or, one or two are? Um, oh, goodness. What are they? Hypertension and um, something else? Probably back pain. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I should know. Um, right. <laughs> Hypertension, but yes, the, headaches, the and hearing common. loss. Right? It is very common. Um, unfortunately, it takes, a long people, uh, it takes people a long time to come to grips with the fact that they need help with it. I think the mm-hmm. last um, study I saw showed it was an average of like seven years because from the time someone notices. Well, well, it, it d- comes that's on the slowly. It doesn't. People, I think hearing aids um, have a stigma associated yeah, with them. Definitely. It's very outdated, to be honest. Um, hearing aids are really cool, techie devices, and um, but they're not at all what our they're grandparents small. used really to be wearing—the giant yeah. ones. Yeah, they, they can be very small and discreet. Um, you know, pretty soon. Anything that happens on your Fitbit is going to be able to happen even more accurately down in your ear canal. I mean, it's it's a it's a wireless connectivity convenience device as well as a medical device that can treat a very very real health issue. Let me give out hearing the phone loss. number before yeah. we get into everything. Uh, we invite your calls, your <laughs> questions about hearing loss. The number is eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email if you prefer to women at mpbonline.org. So we, we've already jumped into the subject. Why don't mm-hmm. we go back a little? Tell sure. us about yourself, how you ended up in this field, where yeah, you're from. Absolutely. I um, again, I'm Grace Sturdivant. I was Grace Gore. I grew up in Grenada, Mississippi, and um, my mom is a speech language pathologist, and I always kind of watched her work. She has always done a great job of balancing career and family, and she has a very tangible profession of of helping people in a very real way. So honestly, I I thought I wanted to be a speech pathologist. And through those courses, I had to take an audiology class. And I love to talk. I love people. I love communication. I love music. If if Dr. Owens was here, she'd be bringing up the pageant thing right off the bat. But I love music. And um, I just really couldn't imagine. I think that through those courses, it was the first time I realized, you know, how many people are affected by hearing loss and can't enjoy those things as well as they, you know, might be able to without that. So it it really sparked something in me for the first time. I wanted to study and read ahead for my classes and became a total nerd about it. And um, so from there, um, was accepted, thankfully, into Vanderbilt Medical School's AUD program, which has been ranked number one for a very long time. I I still think there was like a fluke that I got in. (laughs) But it was an amazing experience. And I've kept some really great connections with leading researchers to this day through being able to take 
take part in that program. So then I married McCage Sturdivant, who's from Greenwood, and he works with a family business based here in Jackson. And I'm really thankful to have landed back here. UMMC is a great place to work. Our department's really thriving right now. Well, good. What a nice positive story. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we'll get back to, oh, we already have a phone call. Oh, great. So let's go to the phones right away. Will is calling in from Meridian. Hi, Will. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Um, so I'm 23, and I've had, I'm on my third set of tubes. I had my third set put in whenever I was 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a whole party whenever you're 17 have to do that. And um, my ears drank hard. Hang on a second, because you were breaking up a little bit. Start that sentence again, I think you were saying your ears drain constantly? Yes, they drain quite bad sometimes. And my left ear has developed a really bad hearing. So whenever I, like, listen to someone talk, it's like I have to, like, crane my neck and turn my head so I can hear my right ear. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So is your question kind of what you need to do as a next step about this? Yes. Okay. So, well, I mean, it sounds like you need to see a very good ear, nose, and throat doctor or otolaryngologist or otologist. Um, I would highly recommend Dr. Ebi at UMMC. Um, As just one example, we have a number of really great doctors, but it sounds like you have a potentially even a maximum conductive hearing loss on that side that's draining. That's It's like the sound can't get through the middle ear space. You know, the sound needs to come through an intact and functioning eardrum, and then it has to travel through the middle ear which it sounds like you have kind of a chronic fluid situation going on in there. And then it has to get to the hearing nerve, which yours might be, your nerve might be perfectly fine. It's just that the sound can't get there because of these conductive issues is what we would call them. So um, that is something we see routinely at UMMC. And it sounds like you, you could get some good medical treatment it to try to resolve like, uh, that. It looks like we'll hung up to listen off air. Okay. What, what is the fluid? What is it that's draining out? Um, I mean, there's no way for me to know from limited information, but um, like one example would be eustachian tube dysfunction. There's a, a little tube that kind of regulates air pressure and what goes on in your middle ear that connects the space behind your eardrum to the back of your throat. And uh, like when your ears pop on an airplane or when your ears feel really plugged, a lot of times you need to do what we call a valsalva removal. A maneuver, which is where you hold your nose and try to blow, and mm-hmm. it opens that eustachian tube mm-hmm. so it can equalize. I think we've all done that at some point, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you have a chronic otitis media happening that's causing that ear to drain out, that's a common reason why people have to get tubes is because they, they have to have something to um, make sure that, that that pressure gets equalized because otherwise the, the fluid in there could rupture the eardrum as well. And when you get a tube, it's actually a tube in your eardrum itself mm-hmm. that's connecting the middle ear, which is the part of the ear behind the eardrum, to the outside world. So right. it's kind of putting the relief valve on the opposite side as that tube that's naturally in you that drains into the throat. Exactly. it needs to get out somehow. Yeah. And when you look in the ear, you can see a lot of times they're blue. It's like a little blue tube. It's just creating a very purposeful hole in the eardrum. And then when the tubes come out, um, the eardrum typically heals right back up. So it sounds like uh, Will has had to have that procedure done multiple times. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see that a lot? I mean, you hear about tubes in kids a lot, but he's older. He's in his Somet- 20s. Sometimes adults do have these kind of chronic problems. And again, that would be kind of less for myself as the audiologist and more for the physician to take a look and try to figure out what might be done to surgically or medically treat 
Mm-hmm. that kind of situation. And you mentioned Dr. Ebi, who Dr. specializes Ebi. in ears. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have um, plenty of hearing aid patients who have a chronic conductive hearing loss. So we, we can use hearing aids, and there are certain styles of hearing aids that can be cleaned really easily when someone has chronic drainage. So if this is a problem that he's just going to have, then that would be when you would go see the audiologist and come up with some kind of a hearing aid solution to try to get the sound more efficiently to the hearing nerve. Fascinating. Um, I was going to, uh, Dr. Brown and I were talking about ear infections yeah. before before you arrived. And mm-hmm. I was wondering whether ear infections can lead to hearing loss. Mm-hmm. And when you have an ear infection, can you actually have the um, eardrum break? Or? You can. It can it can rupture because of like that increase in, fl- in pressure and fluid behind the eardrum. Um, typically, if someone has a hearing loss resulting from chronic over and over ear infections, um, sometimes it's because the eardrum has so much scar tissue on it from those ruptures that the eardrum can't move in and out the way it should. It should be, um, it has some admittance to it where when you put pressure in, the eardrum should be able to move. When the scar tissue keeps that from happening, um, then you can end up with kind of a mild to moderate hearing loss from that. You can't rebuild uh, uh, eardrum? Well, if the eardrum has a hole in it, we see tympanoplasty procedures all the time, and that's where they do a little graft onto the hole to try to repair the eardrum. And most of the time it holds and it works. Sometimes an eardrum is just going to be stubborn and, and you're just going to have a little hole there. But normally it would heal on its own. Normally it would heal people- on its own. In a lifetime, do people have ruptured eardrums? Is that a normal thing or is it rare? I wouldn't say it's normal. Um, I also work in a, a very high volume ENT clinic where I, you know, it's not it's not abnormal to me because I see uncommon. it a lot. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Um, so, I mean, yes, I can't say it's normal health wise, but it's not uncommon. We're going to take our first break of the show. If you'd like to call in, and we welcome your calls, the number is 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. If life were like a comic book, Daredevil, Batman, then last year, after his wife died, comedian Patton Oswalt should have turned into... A superhero. Travel the world learning martial arts and doing CrossFit, right? That's not been my experience. When you lose <laughs> someone, you tend to eat wheat thins for breakfast and rewatch The Princess Bride about 80 times. Patton Oswald, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. 
If life were like a comic book, Daredevil, Batman, then last year, after his wife died, comedian Patton Oswalt should have turned into a superhero. Travel the world learning martial arts and doing CrossFit. Right? That's not been my experience. When you lose someone, <laughs> you tend to eat wheat thins for breakfast and rewatch The Princess Bride about 80 times. Patton Oswalt, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-BRING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Allie Brown. And Dr. Grace Sturdivant, we are talking about hearing loss today. Are you doing Facebook? Book, Facebook? Facebook? Oh, well, live that was a really there? unflattering. Um, yes, I'm doing a, an Instagram live video, oh, okay. but obviously I'm not very good at this, and so I'm going to have to hang up so I can concentrate. <laughs> I just, I just uh, did spirit fingers. We have a couple phone calls. I, I just want to, you know, this is Southern Women for Women, but we have two men waiting to talk to us, which is great. We invite men's phone calls because oh, we do not discriminate here on Southern Remedy for Women. We take all callers. And absolutely. Regardless and of care type. We're going to take a call from John and Brandon. Hi, John. Hello. Hey. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I've started a new job within the last year. I've been there 12 months. I'm required to wear earplugs and I've had four ear infections in that 12-month period. Uh, after I you know, got on the doctor, got healed up. I decided to start putting alcohol at, in my ear after the shower and after I get off work because I believe there's sweat that uh, may get trapped behind the earplugs. Maybe that was causing a problem. Can I ask you, John, your ear infection, was it treated with drops in your ear or with a medicine you had to take by mouth? Both. Okay, so oh you might have had otitis externa. That's like what a, I was just thinking was uh, otitis infection externa. Infection of the ear canal or swimmer's ear is what we mm-hmm. usually call that. Is that. Does that sound familiar? I think I've had, over the four earaches, I've had all. I've heard of middle ear. I've had, uh, is it shunts put in? I don't know if that helps you any. Uh, Will they open it up so that they could let the medicine in, but also take pressure off? The tubes? Is that actually the tubes that y'all were talking about? Is that a tube that's done in in the doctor's office? Um, Maybe. Oftentimes, yeah. Yeah. Is the alcohol a good idea? I, I would think it would strip your ear canal of, of too much of, of um, kind of what it needs on the surface. Yeah, excessive cleaning of of your ears, you know. I, I also, I love to use a, a Q-tip. I have no. to admit that it's not supposed to happen, but, you know. Oh, we all do. When you, you know dry, that, Dr. Sertimane. Excessive <laughs> drying out or cleaning of your ear canals, I know, can make cerumen or wax build up worse. Now, um in certain instances, I know the doctor will ask you to clean your ears with a certain kind of solution. Right. It's not usually alcohol. Um, or- there's a there's a like over the counter earwax removal aids. It's like a lubricating drop. Some people even use it when they just have really itchy, flaky ear canals. Um, the one that comes to mind is called Debrox. It's just an over the counter little swim- drop. There's that swimmer's ear stuff that um, is alcohol. There isn't is this swimmer's ear stuff. I'm not really sure what's in that. I think it's but, just alcohol. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe are you have you thought about Maybe you're allergic to whatever the material is on that that earplug is made of. Well, I've used, I've bought earplugs. I've used, uh, the, I've used three types. And and here's another thing I'm doing. 
I'm drying out with just a, a light drop of alcohol in the ear and, and letting it, uh, of course, it evaporates rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And then once I, once I get to the job, I, I wad a, a small piece of cotton and put in the ear, and then I put the earplugs on the outer part. You know, John, so what, what, might, what gets recommended a lot is to not to put the straight alcohol, but to combine rubbing alcohol with an equal amount of, of either uh, water yeah. or white vinegar, yeah. And yeah. then after you take a shower or after you swim but usually if your ear isn't having to be wet while you're working you know it, it shouldn't you shouldn't need to manipulate it like that you can also well, maybe use a a, a a blow dryer to on a very low setting you uh-huh. know but usually those t- sorts of things are not uh, recommended have you seen uh, an ear specialist about this not not about this but uh, once i started doing the alcohol and putting the cotton in before before i put the uh the earplugs in i've not had any problems okay okay but i didn't want to have long term be careful putting anything like cotton down in your ears though you know your ear canal has a bend it bends past where you can see or where you would even be able to reach and so um you know i often see people with with foreign objects way down deep in their ear canals that they didn't even know was there um careful about that i have one other question if i could sure Years back, I had uh, swelling in my under my ear, under one side, in my jaw area, and under my ear. And and actually, I had noticed it. And one of my friends, we were having dinner, and commented, "Your side of your face is swollen." So I went to ear, nose, and throat. Went to specialist after specialist, and they did all kind of tests, and they they did everything they could do, and said, "Well, there's no problem." Ten years later, it's still there. And as I get older and gain more weight, I see more of it. But with the new job, it's more physically exerting, and I've lost weight. But they did a hearing check, and on my left ear, which is where that swelling was, I've got I've got a little hearing loss there. But I'm a big hunter, and my right ear is the one that I would have thought would have been lost, and I'm concerned that that swelling may have caused because of what y'all were talking about. When you shoot, do you shoot left-handed or right-handed? Like, right-handed. do you have your, you have their right-handed. gun on your right shoulder? That's correct. So your left ear would be the one more exposed to the noise. So if you had one ear that's no, worse no, no, no. from hunting. No, no, the right ear would be more exposed to the noise. The left ear is away from the gun. The right ear is right on the gun. Is your right ear tucked down toward that right shoulder? It's, it's the jawbone is right on top of the the gun. Mm-hmm. The, the right ear is right above the chamber of the gun. Mm-hmm. The left ear is opposite in the way. Yeah, the the ear that's up is typically the ear where we see the greater noise notch, believe okay. it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I love y'all's show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Keep your stuff out of your ears. <laughs> also, earplugs are good for sound protection, but they can also be pushing wax deeper into your ears, causing irritation. Yeah. Um, and I would say to him as well, I know he hung up already, but to see if he has an option for a circumaural or um, supraaural headphone for protection instead of the insert earplug um, can be just as effective. And if he's got some sensitive ear issues going on, that's that a great be a suggestion. Solution. Yeah. All right. Jim is calling in from Jackson. Hi, Jim. Good morning. I'm able to hear conversations one on one or able to hear the television or a movie. But if I'm in a room where there's any type of competing noise or conversations going on, it's very difficult for me to hear there. Are there different strata of hearing? Absolutely. Um, Hearing loss is very, very, very individual. And what you're describing is something I hear 
um, a, a lot of the time. And that's where, you know, you can hear, but then you start to lose clarity and lose speech understanding ability when there's competing sources. And there's a couple of things that could be going on. Um, people have different levels of, of noise tolerance, and we have different ways to actually assess that in the sound booth where we can um, find what your acceptable noise level is, meaning how much background noise can be present and you still be able to process the speech that's coming. That's more of a cognitive function. Um, and then just as nerve damage happens sometimes over time with noise exposure, what have you, the very common high frequency hearing loss, that causes um, a much more difficulty. And it's more about an audibility or the ability to hear and detect those high pitched sounds that make speech intelligible, like the S, the T, the TH. Exactly. That's what I was going to ask you to, to describe what is high frequency. High frequency is you know, when you think about bass to treble, it's those really treble tones, high pitches, meaning birds chirping. Some people have a hard time distinguishing loudness from pitch, and pitch is low to high. It's a musical, if you think about it that way. Volume is soft to loud. So high pitch means not necessarily loud. It just means um, like birds chirping, very soprano, very treble. Female and children's voices. Female and children's Can voices. Can you get a yeah. hearing aid that actually puts pitch back into sound? Uh, that is exactly what we do. With digital hearing aids, we go in and we apply, we have several different prescriptive formulas to choose from that are research-based, um, meaning we give different amounts of volume to you for every pitch along the spectrum Spectrum based on your hearing loss. There's different amounts of gain or volume applied to soft, medium, and loud sounds, um, and it is very much tuned to your hearing loss. Yeah, so it's not just the old school making everything louder, like right. a bullhorn kind no. of thing. No, and because plenty of times people, especially in this situation, they don't need loudness. They need clarity. Oftentimes people with this type or shape of hearing loss say things are too loud. They're very loud. They're just not intelligible. So that's when we want to go in with modern digital hearing aids and shape that so that you, we restore the clarity, not necessarily volume. Uh, does that answer your question, Jim? Thank you very much. All right, take care. Thank you. Back to the phones. We get, no, let me give the phone number out because I, people are calling and you want the number. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. If you prefer, you can send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We say good morning to Mikey calling from Mobile. Hi, Mikey. What did you say? <laughs> but I'm oh, I've never heard that before. Those <laughs> audiology jokes, they never end. <laughs> uh, uh, and thank you so much uh, for this program. Uh, you actually, uh, the previous caller asked some questions that gave me answers that I won't re-ask, um, uh, uh, including at what ages can you anticipate signs to occur? Um, if you go to, have been to concerts, or played in concerts um, and, uh, long before it was advised and you stuffed toilet paper in your ears in the ladies' room, did that help you? But most important, if you have younger siblings who were born with the need for tubes in their ears, uh, is there a possibility of an increase in hearing loss as your maturity goes on? Thanks for those questions. Okay, Grace, yeah. let's talk first about going to concerts, I think, or playing in concerts. Going to loud and- concerts. I mean, I think the typical thing, I mean, what I think back to in my own concert going experience, I mean, went to grad school in Nashville, went to lots of live music venues, and you go home and you get into your quiet 
bedroom and your ears are ringing. Sometimes it's really loud, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's two days, sometimes it's not. Well, when you hear that ringing after a noise exposure, you've had a temporary threshold shift. Those little outer hair cells of the cochlea, the little outer hair cells (laughs) of the cochlea are just kind of screaming at you that you've exhausted them. And um, after, you know, the first several times that happens, they can recover. But over time, you have that happens enough and it's going to become permanent hearing loss. So, oh, and then about age being related to hearing loss. Age, honestly, I'm, I mainly work with adults with hearing loss. And one thing I really try to emphasize is that there's not um, a, an age or a point where you're old enough where you should expect hearing loss or where you're so young that you should say, oh, well, this isn't a problem for me. I'm not old enough to have hearing loss. Hearing loss can affect any age whatsoever. Yeah, I, I I read you know figures about how the risk of hearing loss increases with age, sure. but you don't want, as Dr. Sturdivant is saying, you don't want to discount that you might be having hearing loss just because you're young. Right, right. Um, if, if you're going to those loud venues mm-hmm. one after another, is it cumulative? The damage that you're doing, is it cumulative? Uh, yes. I mean, definitely every time. It, hearing loss as a result of noise exposure is a combination of the duration of time you're exposed to it and the intensity of you know how loud it is. So you take those two things in combination, and that's going to determine how much hearing loss is going to result from it. You know, I, I did some consulting with musicians in grad school where we would take some sound level measurements and then be able to coach them on, okay, if you want to listen at this level, that's okay. But after 15 minutes, you need to take a break for at least X amount of time. What about earplugs if you're a musician or if you go to concerts frequently? There are a range of, of a price range that you can work with to have some hearing protection that's catered to musicians. So um, if you are really a, a, an audiophile, you're a music lover, you really don't want to put in foam earplugs that dampen the sound and make everything sound very unnatural or, or toilet paper if or you're Mikey. toilet paper yeah. if you're Mikey. So um, we, you can get non-custom musicians filtered earplugs for about I don't know ten fifteen bucks. Um, we could get them for you at UMC. You can order those on Amazon. That's not not a hard thing to come across. And basically, it's a, a filter that's going to try to preserve the frequency spectrum of the music coming in, so as not to dampen the sound. What's it called? Um, you look for musicians filtered earplugs. Okay. Mikey, um, thank you very much for your phone call. We have to move on actually to our second break of the show and we have other phone callers waiting. So keep holding and let me mm-hmm. give the number out again. It's 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464 or email women at mpbonline.org. We are talking about hearing loss today on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. And I heard him say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And I heard him say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. But we'll find a way. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners.
MPB's at issue has the 2017 legislative session covered from all angles. You'll hear each week from Mississippi's most influential elected leaders at the state capitol. MPB political analysts Republican Austin Barber and Democrat Brandon Jones provide insight on the critical issues facing the state and how these issues impact you. Join host Wilson Stribling for Mississippi's only statewide television news program at issue. Fridays at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Allie Brown and our special guest, Dr. I almost said Claire. I'm sorry. Grace. <laughs> Dr. Grace Sturdivant. I don't know why I thought Claire. It's quite all right. She is an audiologist, and we're talking about hearing loss, and it's obviously a very popular topic uh, or a topic of interest because all of our phone lines are lit up, and we're going to get right to the phones. John is calling in from Tupelo. John, you have a question about earwax? Yes. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my wife, for a couple of years, has complained of my selective hearing loss that that I, I hear everything but her. Uh, but I did finally break down and see a, an audiologist a few weeks ago, and 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 I've had a lot of problems with earwax. I bluntly don't really do much about it, but I'd like to get some recommendations for dealing with earwax. And when he, he did do the hearing exam and put me in a booth, and he said he thought the results were valid where I lost some high-frequency hearing um, and asked me if I'd worked in a factory or shot a lot of firearms, things like that, which I have not. So and he was going to recommend these uh, hearing aids that weren't the little small ones, but that have the big contraption on the outside of the ear. My wife wasn't very happy with that. She, said <laughs> she didn't want to look like she's married to an old man. So, uh, any recommendations? For the earwax, um, we most commonly just recommend an over-the-counter earwax removal drop. And then whenever you shower or bathe, let the warm water run down deep in your ear canals, let it run out. That way, earwax can migrate out naturally the way it should. You know, some people who have really chronic buildup and impactions have to set up a, you know, every six months, they go see the nurse practitioner for cerumen removal under a a microscope where they have some really um, pointed suction that they can use to get it out. It's painless. Um, but that that would be my recommendation. I do not recommend, in fact, I advise against ear candling or any of these more aggressive earwax removal. You're setting yourself up for that otitis externa or infection of the external ear canal. When you do that, you're just stripping all the oils that are really necessary for your skin, um, for your skin's health down in your ear canal when you do that. So just a, a basic over-the-counter earwax removal drop and then letting that warm water run in and out. If that doesn't do it, see your nurse practitioner. Um, you know, it, I don't think you can overdose on it. It's a very benign, very mild drop. Yeah, um, they even talk about baby oil or mineral oil yeah, you know, just to soften the wax. There's some home remedies, too. You're just wanting to keep the wax soft so that it can migrate out And on it comes own. with that bowl that you can squish water in it. Um, sometimes it does, yeah. Um, the drops that I'm thinking of, honestly, you just put a couple drops in each side, and there's no bulb or syringe that goes with it. 
Yeah, it's okay. pretty easy. And then he mentioned about his uh, that he did see an audiologist. Sounds like he has yeah. two issues: the earwax and then some. And then it sounds like you have loss. some high pitch, high and frequency nerve damage. Large. Yeah, uh, um, you re- he probably recommended what is the most popular style of hearing aid right now, which is called a RIC or a receiver um, in the canal hearing aid. And basically, um, it should be a fairly small device that sits back behind your ear and then a little wire about the, the diameter of a fishing line that comes down um, and connects to a receiver piece that goes down into your ear canal. So um, if you Google RIC in all caps, hearing aid, you should get some examples of that. They do come in a few different sizes. You can choose the color for the part behind your ear, but that allows the low pitch sounds to come in more naturally by keeping the ear open without doing a custom molded ear mold. And then um, we're able to just restore the clarity in those high pitches. Um, with that. And and you get some advantages by putting the microphones back behind the ear as opposed to down in the ear canal. We're able to give you some directionality, meaning the hearing aids are constantly surveying what's going on around you and they can zoom in on speech and on voices at any angle. They also have noise reduction capabilities. So they're working toward suppressing any steady state background noise and zooming in on speech. And that can be really helpful. And you lose some of those qualities when you put these little tiny hearing aids way down in the ear canal, you, you aren't able, the microphones aren't able to do that as well. Well, John, we wish you the best of luck. We thank you so much for your phone call. Thank you all very much. And now we're going to go to Lisa calling in from Jackson. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi. Um, I was told a long time ago that as we get older, that men lose the ability to hear the higher pitches and women lose the ability to hear the lower pitches. So either adding or subtracting to marital stripe, depending. <laughs> Is that true? Well, men have more of a problem with listening, if you asked me. Um, it's a listening versus hearing conversation that sometimes has to happen in my office. But um, no, men and women, uh, age-related hearing loss is, by and large, high pitch hearing loss for men okay. or women. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Sure. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot. That was an easy question to answer. Uh, Robert calling in from Meridian. Hi, Robert. Uh, good morning, ladies, uh, Ms. Brown and doctors. Um, there is a, a popular uh, addition to people's sound systems in their vehicles that I've been referring to as a very low register bass sound. Mm-hmm. And it, even when I cover my, my ears when they drive by, it's as if I can feel it. Yeah, I mean the the windows and the the the, the walls. Kids these days. Um, is that particularly dangerous? Uh, yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, more for the person riding inside that car than for you next to them. Um, they are very much at risk for developing hearing loss listening that that loudly. Hopefully, you're not. Hopefully, that stoplight's not lasting long enough for you to be exposed enough to cause yourself damage. But I certainly would not allow anyone in my car to turn it up like that. Well, well unfortunately, it's it's. Uh, I'm on a a, a throughway. I'm, I'm, I'm on a direct route to the interstate, so it's not that they're stopping, but multiple times a day they're driving past to and from the interstate. Uh, but the young people in the family say that it's less loud in the car. No, that's not true. But there's no way. And let me tell you, if you if you can feel like your organs inside your body vibrating yes. when you're listening to your music, you might want to turn it down. It's oh, too oh. loud. Even though it sounds so cool. 
Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, one, lot, one issue people have, you know, with high pitch hearing loss being so common, when people aren't quite ready for hearing aids, but they're having trouble, particularly with music, with being able to understand the words, with watching television, oftentimes, you know, you, you can go into the audio settings on in your car or on your television and turn the bass all the way down, turn the treble all the way up. And sometimes that can really help with speech understanding. I do that on some movies where there's a lot of like, you know, noise, maybe like bombs or something going off and it's a lot of bass heavy things in the movie i can't understand the speech and it, it's really helpful to that's do that. a great tip when you have mpb on in your car and yeah. in your house make sure you've got that treble kicked all the way up y'all that's right we better <laughs> hire you full-time i think <laughs> <laughs> right. um, before we take our next phone call i wanted to ask um if i'm on the phone i hold the phone to my right ear because i think i hear a little better in my right ear you now, may I was wondering, people lose hearing in one ear over another? Well, one thing that ha- that I have found very interesting, this is not research, this is just clinical experience here, but most people will come in saying, I think my right ear is better than my left. And I honestly think that it's because of a dominance. I mean, just like we're right-handed, left-handed, right-eye dominant, left-eye dominant. Most people just prefer their right ear. And I think it, it might have to but do if with... left-handed, their left ear might be... You know, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. I need to probably start like collecting data on it or something, or there may already be a study out there. That's for your but, cognitive, um, your cognitive studies. Most is it people actually seem to prefer neurologic? their right ear, and it may be more because your processing is better in your yeah. left temporal oh. lobe. So, because there's crossover. So, I thought it was a simple little question. Yeah, sorry. Speaking Loaded of question. cognitive issues, Jeannie is yes. calling in from Vicksburg. Jeannie, go ahead. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I just listened to that last thing. I just switched the phone from one ear to the other. <laughs> and I can actually hear better out of my left ear, I huh? feel like. And I'm right-handed dominant, but left oh, eye dominant. You're, you're disproving the, the theory here. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, the previous caller had discussed um, the hearing loss when they could um, talk to somebody face-to-face, one-on-one, versus... Um, being in a bunch around a bunch of people and then they can't understand the person and you talked about doing the screening in the um booth the sound booth or whatever to Mm -hmm. determine if it was a cognitive issue versus um a hearing loss of some sort and i was just curious as to what cognitive issues you might be talking about and i'll just preface this Mm -hmm. that this is actually dr sturdivant's uh expertise area so so thanks for asking that she has published uh studies uh dealing with this subject so uh, just in case she doesn't plug herself i went ahead and did it thank you thank you no i am really glad that you brought up the subject Um, i think the most fascinating um research that's coming out in our field has to do with cognitive decline and hearing loss the negative synergy between the two um i don't know that there's a way to directly clinically measure that negative synergy but we do know from studies that the impact of hearing loss and dementia um, is is more than twice as bad as either disease in in isolation. So you put those two together, there is a negative synergy effect. So you can't understand what you don't hear. So um, in a very practical, real world situation, you know, I have had experience with patients who come in and they. Um, seem to be very affected by dementia, by Alzheimer's. They have trouble following conversation. Their loved ones obviously um, are convinced that it's a very severe, and, and sometimes it really is. But it is the most rewarding thing I've been able to do in my field is to restore some independence to those individuals by giving them sound back. Because once they're able to hear 
then um, you're giving them a much better chance of being able to understand and remember what's being said. Um, Some of the studies that I've been fascinated by have um, discussed the idea of cross-modal plasticity. What does that mean? So basically, in in trying to not use these research terms, um, because those can get pretty bogged down. Um, But when you're not activating the auditory cortex because you have hearing loss, so that part of your brain is not being stimulated the way that it should be, then other parts of your brain start to recruit that physical area to process that information. So for example, there was a study that put people in a functional MRI machine, gave them visual stimuli. And when they had an auditory deficit, the visual stimulus was actually being processed oh. somewhat in the auditory so the area. hearing part of your brain was being used It starts for to be seeing. recruited. Yeah. Well, that's what you hear yeah. if you're deaf, your other senses are stronger. Exactly, that and true? that's because we have these finite cortical resources. And if you're not using one area of the brain, there's another area, somatosensory visual, that's going to recruit it. We also see an increase in frontal lobe activation. So your frontal lobe, which, which should be involved in working memory, executive function, when you have hearing loss and I'm struggling and straining to hear you, we're seeing a lot more activation in the frontal lobe. So that leaves a lot less cognitive reserve for being able to remember what was said five minutes later. Because oh, you're having to use that part of your brain just to process it there, you know, in real time. So then later on, you have less likelihood to be able to remember it. I think we have a whole show we can do just I mean, I've given two and, and a half hour day. lectures on this topic before I could talk about it for days. Well, we need yeah, to take our... Oh, I'm sorry. And the, the frontal lobe of the brain is also where it produces um, that's emotional and things like that. They're, they're, it's more emotional. And well, that's behavioral. more the uh, temporal lobe, the limbic system. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, but if you it, frontal lobe is like reasoning, like that I'm not oh. going to run out in the street, you know, naked or something weird like that. Like people who have lesions, right. you know, those are those executive <laughs> You've functions. Never done that? <laughs> well, not only on the weekends. <laughs> Well, so we have to move along, Jeannie. Thank you so much for your phone call. Uh, we have to take our last break of the show. We do have a number of callers on the line, but you can get your call in if you call right now, 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. We have questions coming up on inner ear aches and research on tinnitus. So stay with us here on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. The Home Show is back at the Mississippi Trademark this weekend, March 10th through the 12th, and the host of the Handyman Hangout, Fixing 101, will be there taking care of business. Come hang out with Jeff, Dale, and Jason and see what's new in DIY and home renovations. That's the Home Show this weekend at the Trademark, and be sure to listen to Fixing 101 every Wednesday, 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. And trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
You work hard to offer a high-quality, unique product, and you need an audience that appreciates this. MPB listeners go out of their way to find diverse perspectives and award-winning news and programming. Make our audience your audience with an MPB underwriting credit. For more information, go to mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Allie Brown and our special guest, Dr. Grace Sturdivant. We're talking about hearing loss today, and we go to the phones, and Linda's calling in from Port Gibson. Go ahead, Linda. Linda? Hello. Hi, go ahead. Hi. Yes, uh, I have a question. Uh, I need to know, are there any advancements in uh, ear surgery? I was born with... with, uh, uh, only to hear out of my right ear, and uh, I have a physical anomaly with my uh, left ear. And uh, I had surgery in '71 to uh, correct my hearing at the University Hospital, and uh, but it was unsuccessful. Are there any advancements uh, in surgery? And uh, they said I didn't have eardrum in my left ear. There have been so many advances in the last, definitely since 1971. Um, If you haven't been evaluated in a while, I would encourage you to set up another consultation um, just to get completely checked out. because, yes, there are advancements all the time, and, and our physicians at UMMC are, are trained on the, the most recent. So um, I would encourage you to schedule an appointment. And I have a, uh, uh, you see, my, my uh, left ear is way smaller than the uh, right ear, mm-hmm. and it, it's a problem. You may have some differences. You know, we see people with craniofacial abnormalities. We um, Most of the time people are born with these where the shape yeah. and the, the anatomy of their um, their ears, their middle ears, sometimes it's where you can't really see it on the outside. Other times it is a, a physical difference in appearance like what you're describing. And um, there there's plenty of uh, medical options for that sort of thing that might um, be of benefit to you. So, yeah, I would encourage you to get to get a full workup. All right. Thank you for answering my call. Can sure. Use, uh, can you use sweet oil if you have a ear, I mean, a ear to get wax and stuff out of your ear? Um, you you can. Um, I would encourage you to get an over-the-counter type drop um, yeah. to use just because you know it's going to come in a sterile container and that sort of thing. But, um, but, yeah, unless you have a hole in your eardrum or some other reason, you know, to not use drops. But, yeah, most people, yeah. that's fine to do. Thank you very much, Linda. Take take care. Okay, we have a few more phone calls. We are going to say hi to Harry. Harry, he's calling in from Madison. Go ahead, Harry. Uh, Hi. uh, I've had tinnitus for about uh, 30, 32 years. 
Uh, and, and I mostly live with it. Some days I don't even notice it. But I just wondered if there have been any advances in treating that. Yeah, you know, there's no cue. There's no cue. There's no cure for tinnitus or tinnitus, as some people say. It can come from um, any number of, of different originating sites along the auditory pathway. We know that it's very real. Um, it is something that you're actually hearing. It's not just a made up ringing that you hear in your head. Some people say it sounds like crickets. Some people say it sounds like a high pitched tone. So it's different for everyone. Um, it, we certainly see people have more severe tinnitus under times of stress. Maybe when you haven't been sleeping, um, it can be exacerbated. Also, when you're in a really quiet place, sometimes it seems louder. So some people try the um, opposite of what you really should do which is to put um, cotton balls or earplugs in your ears, but that's only going to make it worse. The best thing you can do, um, honestly, is to try to distract yourself from it. We we commonly recommend noisemakers, um, white noise machines at night maybe in your room. Um, there's apps on your iPhone for different types of, of noise that can just help to drown out or put a Band-Aid on that. Um, we do have hearing aids that have a tinnitus masker combo in them, um, so we can program in a pitch matched background noise to be there constantly to help soothe that perception of the ringing. Does that help your question at all? Well, yeah, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm doing all the things that, that I can do. Right. Unfortunately, there's no magic pill that's been proven. There's no supplement that's been proven um, to truly cure it. So it sounds like you're doing the right things. All right. Thank you so much, Harry. And uh, now we go to Mr. Smith calling from North Carolina. Hi. Hello. I, I also have ringing in my ears. I was wondering what causes that. And the doctor looked at it a couple of weeks ago and said I had a little bit of fluid in both ears. And I got some, they gave me some clonates to try to open my tubes up. It didn't help much, but they gave me antibiotics. And I started taking them, and within three days, I, I felt better. I was having dizzy spells, but I'm not having the dizzy spells no more. And my hearing's better, and I feel I feel better than I have in a long time. But what would cause that fluid to get in there? And there's anything else you can do to put a ring in the ears. And also tell us how to keep the wax out of our ears. She said if I use Q-tips, it just pushes the wax back in there. It makes the eardrums mess up. So tell us about that, too. That's like the quadruple threat of questions. Okay, so starting, I think you probably have, there's no way for me to know for sure without seeing you evaluating you, you probably have some high-pitched hearing loss that has led to some ringing in the ears, which is not uncommon. Then when you got an ear infection, for whatever reason, maybe it's the byproduct of a cold or that sort of thing, um, your middle ears filled up with fluid. That probably muffled your hearing slightly. It could have created less nerve stimulation because your hearing was muffled, um, which could have caused an increase in the perception of your ringing. So then when you treated the ear infection and that cleared up, then your hearing nerves were able to be stimulated a little more, which helped with the ringing. Um, as far as the earwax goes, if your ears are completely occluded with wax, then that's the equivalent of wearing earplugs, in which case your ringing is probably going to sound louder. Um, we do want to make sure that earwax doesn't get impacted or occluded. Um, we see that more and more as people age. It's more common to have cerumen impactions. Um, so as I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but using an over-the-counter earwax removal aid, like a little drop, and then letting warm water run in, in and out of your ear canals when you're bathing, that should help keep the wax soft enough so that it can migrate out naturally the way it was intended to. If you're someone who is prone to 
earwax impactions, then you might need to set up a standing appointment every six months or so with, with a nurse practitioner at an ear, nose, and throat clinic to have it professionally removed. We need to go. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Great. Thanks for your help. Sure. All right. We have like 30 seconds left. And I did want to ask you before yeah. we leave. 30 seconds left. Um, what should you do if you think you have a hearing problem, if you think you need hearing aids, who do you go see? Um, find an audiologist. Find someone who has their master's or doctorate degree in audiology. You want to look for the letters AUD or potentially even a PhD or an MS, which is someone who got their master's degree in audiology before it became a doctorate program. Um, definitely be wary of people who don't have the proper training, who are charging $10,000 for a set of hearing aids, they should never cost that much. You want someone that's taking your full health picture into consideration when treating hearing loss. Wonderful. Dr. Grace Sturdivant, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the MPB Foundation. Today's show was engineered by Sam Wells, our call screener, Mary Cole. For Dr. Allie Brown, I'm Karen Brown. Join us next Friday at 11 for the next Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.